you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to another week of Tape Heads. Bob Shoes and longtime voice of the Jets on the radio, also college football on ESPN. Scott Pioli, of course, longtime NFL general manager, and Dan Orlovsky, longtime NFL quarterback, and you always see him on the touchscreen, NFL Live, Sports Center. Everything we do football-wise at ESPN, there's a chance you're going to see Dan Orlovsky. We try to crawl behind the X's and O's and delve into football in a different way on this podcast, obviously, than hopefully you get anywhere else. And we have delved into the AFC playoff picture the last several weeks. And every time we revisit it, we kept talking about the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have reestablished themselves as the number one team in the AFC, the Super Bowl favorite. And yet here come the Cincinnati Bengals. On second down and seven from their own 28, trailing 14-0 first quarter. Burrow catches a shotgun snap, drops back three steps, throws, got a man wide open at the 40, it is caught. Chase running to the middle of the field, breaking away to the 40, the Chiefs 30, the Chiefs 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Bengals, 72 yards, Burrow to Chase, and numero uno puts the Bengals on the scoreboard. Yeah, I said it it in the postgame on the field, everyone knows that mean. You know, F it. Jamar's down there somewhere. I'm going to just throw it up to him. He's going to make a play. Guys, it was an amazing game for Joe Burrow, an amazing game for Jamar Chase. And with all due respect to Joe Burrow, I mean, look, he could sit there and tell us, hey, look, I've got Jamar Chase. I'm just going to throw it up to him, and he's going to go make a play. But, Dan, their success on offense this past week was a lot deeper than that, right? I mean, the way they used motion, the way they used formation, places they put Jamar Chase – in the formation, the way that they at times ran routes, right, to try and create space for him, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's understanding of all of this. Yeah. I mean, like, look, Joe Burrow can sit there and tell us all he wants, and maybe the rest of the football world's going to eat up the, hey, I got Jamar Chase, I'm just going <laughs> to throw it up to him and let him go make a play. But, I mean, watch the tape, right? I mean, th- th- this offense is dialed in, and for the first time in a while, that combination of Burrow 
to chase with all of the schematics they make work around it. It was really special this past week. Yeah, absolutely. So so three weeks ago, Tyler Boyd led this team in, in re- receptions in a game and yards. Last week, it was T. Higgins, and then this past week, it was Jamar Chase. So that gives you the example. This skill group, and I said it going into the Kansas City game, with those three receivers, Joe Mixon and, and Uzama, I would take out of anybody's skill group in the AFC. They're that talented. And in, in this game, I think we saw a glimpse of kind of what their overall potential could be and the challenge when their coaches really start to utilize those guys the right way of how difficult they are to truly defend before the snap. You know, my mind goes to the first Jamar Chase touchdown. They did an awesome job of, and, you know, what happens is Jamar gets open and scores, you know, after a long, you know, catch and run, and you're going, how the heck is Jamar Chase so wide open? And they did a remarkable job of putting their formation into the boundary, and that forced Kansas City, like, when you do that, defenses have to, they have to match, they have to respect the initial formation. So they put trips, their three receivers into the boundary, Kansas City dropped down their nickel defender that way. Then they motioned from the trips, Tyler Boyd, all the way outside Jamar Chase, who was opposite the formation, and Kansas City never adjusted. So what that happened was then a linebacker was left covering basically from the middle of the field to the sideline space against Jamar. And Boyd did a really good job outside release. The corner carried with them. And Jamar Chase is running a, an out route off of a linebacker who's got no clue how to cover in space. And then that allows him to catch and run. You know, the game, the, the game kind of swung on two plays for me, candidly, guys. Um, I thought the third and 27 that Cincinnati converts, they anticipated Spags, the defensive coordinator for Kansas City, all-out pressure. They ran protection. They slid their protection perfectly Uzama comes from the left to the right picks up the backside safety and it's one-on-one against press coverage and conversely before that the series before Kansas City offensively was down in the red zone they had a third and four and Cincinnati actually dialed up the same thing defensively all out zero pressure man-to-man and Kansas City was not expecting it and forces a throwaway it's a kick and that makes it 31-31 instead of potentially 31 uh, 34, 31. So I just thought a really good job by Kansas City of moving people around offensively and then also, you know, really a key defensive call for their defense. Yeah, you know, when I was watching this game, Dan, you mentioned the first touchdown. I just want to talk quickly on the, you know, the second and third touchdowns by Jamar Chase. And, and to me, you know, you watch that second touchdown and the explosive speed and separation speed after the catch that Jamar Chase shows was just unbelievable. Because yeah. you're looking at a team, the Chiefs, I mean, if we look at, this is a championship caliber team that has, they built themselves on team speed, right? They, on offensively, they were all about speed. Defensively, they were, they were tough, but more speed than anything. And when I saw that, it, it, it blew me away because that wasn't scheme, that was, I, it, that was just absolute, dominant speed and athleticism. And yeah. the, the the other interesting touchdown to me was the third touchdown by Jamar Chase. And as I looked at that, Dan and, and Bob, it looked like a simple cover five to me, right? There was two deep. They were playing zone underneath. And they Jamar Chase is on the left side. And the corner's up. 
close to press, in press position, but never gets a hand and absolutely allows Jamar Chase to get outside, outside release, get up the seam. Now Sorensen's trying to get from, you know, the half, the deep half over. But what happens is because they were running routes underneath, they everyone was looking at the underneath routes and everyone looked at the the underneath route below Jamar Chase because that's where you know, the, the quarterback Burrow was looking during the entire route and Sorensen even bit on the underneath route. So everyone's, I, I didn't understand it. So to me, I, I was just, it wasn't anything that complex. It wasn't anything that complicated. But if you don't give him a free release, Jamar Chase, and you don't get hands on him when you have that much speed and athleticism, I was just really surprised that the Chiefs didn't get any hands on him yeah. and allow him to just get up the uh, up the field. And again, Joe Burrow's eyes never change. Quick glance right. to the to his right. Then he was looking to the left. Everyone jumped on the underneath route, and there yeah. was Chase gone. You, you know, it's it's an interesting point, Scott, because I agree. Like once once Daniel Sorensen kind of turns his hips and makes them perpendicular yeah. to the line of scrimmage, and they're inside. His back is to the sideline. Joe, like as a quarterback, we you're dead. You're dead in cover two there. You're like done. I, yeah. And it was interesting that they would ignore Jamar in that right. capacity, so to speak. There's also a play. You know, because I'm with you not getting hands on him at the line of scrimmage, I don't understand. And I, I, I'm, I've i never played corner, so I'm not pretending that it's easy. But there's also a play in the game. Um, they're going in the opposite direction. And Jamar is the number one receiver all the way outside. And Tyler Boyd is the number two receiver. And they just run. Jamar has got a three or four yard short in. So he pushes up and runs an in route. And then Tyler Boyd's in the slot and he runs the like a corner route at 12 yards. And they're playing that cover two again. Right. And this time, Ward, the corner, is so overly aggressive on the jam. He hits Jamar. The ball gets snapped. He lunges at Jamar. And Jamar does a nice job like at the snap of kind of absorbing the hit and, and like turning to get skinny. By the time Tyler Boyd is four yards downfield past the line of scrimmage, Ward is actually one yard on the other line of scrimmage behind essentially the offense because he's so obsessed with the jam that Boyd is wide open on the corner route. Right. Because he's so it's he, he, there was moments when they didn't get hands on him at all. And then there's moments where they were so like overly aggressive with him that it helped so many other guys get open. So I, again, I think it's just a, an example when they protect that quarterback somewhat, they are just very difficult to defend. Yeah, And, and I said that play was cover five. I meant to say it was cover two because it was zone sure. underneath rather than man underneath. So, sure. but bottom line, it was deep, you know, too deep shell and yeah. Sorensen didn't have a chance. Scott, can I ask a question just to put, in terms of putting the team together? Um, Look, Tyler Boyd's been around a little while. Uzama's been around a little while. But T. Higgins, a second-year player. Chase is a rookie. It's the second year for Joe Burrow. How quickly do you have a right as a personnel guy to expect that these guys are going to be this dialed in with this sophisticated an offense? And obviously, the weaponry is tremendous. Their command of it seems to be graduate level now. Right? I mean, I'm watching the Jets every week, and we're hoping that Zach Wilson is going to kind of this year go from grammar school to high school before the end of the year and maybe get to college. It looks like <laughs> Joe Burrow right now in his second year is already working on his doctorate. And he's got a rookie wide receiver that he has been so dialed in with. I mean, when you're putting a team together with these guys, 
Do you have any concept going in, or is it just you're kind of keeping your fingers crossed it's going to happen sooner rather than later that they're going to look like this? Yeah, I don't think you know and or are certain ahead of time, but, you know, the fact that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, you know, were in preschool together, you know, I'm saying that kiddingly, but if they, they had worked together previously, you would expect that that would develop quickly. What they've done a great job is developing the entire team. And it's what's clear is, what's abundantly clear to me is that this is being somewhat quarterback led. And to me, when I see the best quarterbacks in the league, whether they do certain things, and, and this is no disrespect to the coaching staff because the coaching staff is the one that implements the culture and the idea of, of, work, of, of work habits and putting things together. So to me, they've clearly spent a lot of time together. I don't think you can ever predict how it's going to manifest itself, but but it's done it's done so here. You know, it's interesting. You know, I want to go back to the beginning of the year because I know in training camp, I was scratching my at the draft and training camp. I was scratching my head, wondering because of the way that Joe Burrow was beat up last year. I was thinking that they need to improve the offensive line or improve the protection somehow, some way. To me, just as important as the development of the chemistry and the production between Joe Burrow and the skilled players, watching what they've done this year differently and the emergence, I keep going back to this, the emergence of Joe Mixon and them using Joe Mixon to improve their production. You know, Dan said earlier, using the tight end, using the things that could take the pressure off, going a little bit more short, a little bit more sideways, a little bit more draw, a little bit more, you know, check downs. To me, I was overly concerned. And I think I worried too much about how are they going to help protect Joe Burrow because of what happened last year. But what they've done, they've done a terrific job because I know I was on the other side saying, oh, my gosh, they got to improve that offensive line. And and to me, they've done so internally. So um, kudos to the entire organization. Yeah. If we get a, a Chiefs-Bengals rematch in the playoffs, who knows? And that, that would be maybe the marquee game of the playoffs. But uh, a team straight ahead that we have to talk about, the Green Bay Packers, of course. They have clinched. Any path through to the playoffs now goes through Lambeau in the NFC. Will the Bucks be able to pull off what might be now considered an upset if they end up at some point in the playoffs in Lambeau? Because I had a front row seat to see the Bucks and what they are taking into the postseason, and now, unfortunately for them, what they're not taking with them to the postseason. We're going to talk about all of that next on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. We are back on Tape Ads, Bob and Dan Orlovsky, and Scott Pioli. All right, guys, look, Aaron Rodgers again playing at an otherworldly MVP level. But, Scott, I'm always wondering, when you're sitting up in that box and you are powerless to help what's actually going down <laughs> on down on the field, I mean, it's, it's got to be the hardest. All you can do is eat, Bob. All you can do is eat. Just go down the chicken fingers and meatball subs and <laughs> try to comfort yourself that way. Uh, general managers, I mean, that right, the hay's in the barn. You've put the team together, and now it's the job of the players to do it and the coaches to coach them. But when you see your team win and know we're going to be home, and you experienced this, obviously, at a place like New England – I have to think the NFC version of this, especially with the weather, especially with the crowd, with the atmosphere, is Lambeau Field. How much of an advantage do you think, taking even just the X's and O's out of it, it is from an emotional standpoint for a team like the Packers to know we're home, right? I mean, the, the yeah. impact the crowd can have now on a playoff run they hope is going to result in another Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think it's critical. And, you know, when I was with the Patriots, we had the opportunity to play some of those at home, the AFC Championship game. Then we had to play them on the road. You know, we lost one in uh, Indy to the Colts. We won one on the road the first year in Pittsburgh. Uh, then we were able to be back home. And having that, it, it's not the home crowd, just the home crowd. It's just the way that you build your team. And, you know, as a front office, I look at this Packers team and here's – everyone is talking about Aaron Rodgers and they should be. Everyone's talking about Devontae Adams and they should be. But here's what I keep going back to. I look at how they play. I look at what they're doing this year, what their offense has been able to do. The fact that both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are now over 1,000 yards from scrimmage – through only you know 16 games, if you stop at the 16-game mark, which has been the standard for years, you know this is only the fourth time that a pair of running backs in Packers history has been able to do this, and their you know the emergence of of Dylan has been a big story because it's given Aaron Rodgers so much more to work with. The fact that they can run, the fact that they can throw checkdowns and short passes and wheels and swings, the, all the things that they're throwing give Aaron Rodgers that ability. 
they built this football team to match their venue. They built this football team to match the experience and intelligence of their head coach. Matt LaFleur learned under Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan how important the running back can be when you get him in space, whether it's in the passing game or you run the ball. It creates problems for the defense. The fact that they're going to be playing these games, you know, the playoff games in Lambeau and be able to use their backs as weapons and they don't have to rely exclusively on getting the ball down the field, it's actually the fact that they've got those other two threats is going to allow them to get the ball down the field just like they've done this year. I mean, Jones and Dylan have combined for over 2,200 yards this year and seven touchdowns. Yes, Aaron Jones is uh, – I mean, uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers have had incredible years, but – Again, to build the football team the way they did for their venue and then have to go up and play in Green Bay, I think this year is going to be a tough thing to do. Yeah, I think the significant challenge when playing Green Bay in Lambeau is this, as a defense. This would, this is, I, I know Matt. Uh, this is his philosophy. You are not going to stop Devontae Adams. Like I, I, I've watched Aaron throw th- passes to Devontae that, number one, you should not. Like you sh- given what the coverage is, <laughs> You're taught, don't throw this football, and he does. And then on top of it, you shouldn't certainly complete it consistently, and they do. So like Matt's philosophy is, you're not going to stop Devontae Adams. So I know I'm going to get that. But then there are going to be moments when you certainly try with people and or scheme to stop him. And that's when he knows my backs come into play. That's when he knows I can get, they get into that three by O set, meaning trips on one side and the tight end is connected to the, the tackle on the backside. And they run their RPO game. And I, it is so simplistic. It's very simple. And they average eight yards of play on it. Eight yards every time. I don't care if they're kicking it out to the to the throw, to the flat, to a receiver, or handing the ball off. Eight yards. And it's because of the, well, which one of the three receivers is Devontae? And when Aaron does kick it out there, number one, the ball is nine and a half out of ten times in a perfect location for him to catch and do something with. A guy like Alan Lazard is a phenomenal perimeter blocker. Devontae's so creative with the ball in his hands. And then when he doesn't kick it out there, it's handed off to Aaron Jones or handed off to A.J. Dillon. And not only do they have then a numbers advantage, but they've also got a leverage or angles advantage for their blocking game. So it's a it's a very real challenge for defenses. Um, I also think something that's going to play into their favor now that it, everything goes through Lambeau is, I don't know if there's a team... I think that I don't think there's a, a one of the top five teams in the NFC playoffs that is a run centric football team. Okay. And that's where I feel like you can get after Green Bay defensively. San Francisco and Philadelphia are. So the six and the seven seeds can can run the rock. Um so like the the fact that they've done a decent job defending the run, but they've done a very good job defending the pass. If you're a team that thinks you're going to go into Lambeau and can't run the football as an identity, you're going to have to be playing in the cold, throwing the football against a very good coverage unit. This is not the same defense we saw last year or two years ago. So, you know, that's going to be a challenge for offenses going into Lambeau against the defense that, yes, you can run it against, but it's not like it's this layup defense that it was two years ago and the coverage unit is so much better. And I think that they've improved – 
on defense, undoubtedly. But they've had a stretch stretches here and there, and, and you're right, Dan. I think the worst matchup for the Packers is against the teams that aren't the best teams, quote-unquote, but a team like the Philadelphia Eagles who are yeah. leading the NFL in rushing. Yep. That matchup may be a problem because the way that that offensive line is built, the amount – you know, the, the Eagles lead the NFL in rushing – and where they're having problems is Rashawn Gary has been a tremendous pass rusher. I mean, the ends, yes. they've done a great job. I think they have like 40, over 40 quarterback hits this year and and double high double-digit sacks between the two of them. But one of the ways that Rashawn Gary needs to continue to grow is setting the edge on the outside in the running game. If it does turn into an NFC championship game matchup, who knows? between the Bucks and the Packers at Lambeau. It might have something to do with what we saw this past Sunday. Again, I talked about when I had to miss the Jet game two weeks ago because of COVID, how I was kind of caught inside of a recurring nightmare. <laughs> it turns out I was caught inside of a recurring nightmare again this weekend. Down to 23 seconds to go. First and 10. Brady takes the snap, drops back, looks right, pumps once, fires one down the right side, caught front right pylon, Grayson into the end zone. Touchdown. Wow. There I am. Who the hell is Cyril Grayson? God almighty. I mean, how many times have I seen that? But you know what? He's amazing. Um, it is a Bucks team that is, it's amazing how different they are than they were just three weeks ago. Now, what do they do? We could talk about Antonio Brown. That's a totally different topic, obviously. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that what we heard from Tom Brady and what we heard from Bruce Arians is the sentiment with Antonio Brown, and he just gets the help that he needs, right? Because sure. he does seem like someone that certainly needs people in his life that are just going to help him. Um, but having said that, now you remove him from the team. We've already removed Leonard Fournette. We've already removed Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is playing hurt. Their tight ends are healthy, but so much of what they have built their success on is now not there for Tom Brady. Yeah. So as this team now goes to the postseason, the Bucs, I mean, how much of a threat are they? And just schematically, how much do they have to change based on what they now don't have? Well, my, my initial thought is, number one, I do not believe ev everything that they've built their success on is about the three receivers. Um I think everything that they have built their success on is, is because of the offensive line. And that's what gives me comfort in believing that this team still can win the Super Bowl, is that offensive line is the foundational piece of everything that they've done. So incredible challenge for their offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. Incredible opportunity for Byron Leftwich as well. I think because of that offensive line is there. Now, what they did was we got a great offensive line, obviously Tom, and we got these three receivers. We will build everything around that then. Now, I think it transitions to we got this incredible offensive line, and we still got Tom Brady. We got these three tight ends. If I was Byron Leftwich, that's what I would be thinking about. Gronk, Cameron Bray, and O.J. Howard. And we've seen teams in the NFL. I've watched teams in the NFL fundamentally build their offense around three tight end packages. The Ravens did it three years ago. The Raiders did it last year. The Colts have done it in many ways this year. Now, <clears throat> Can you have success being efficient on offense that way? Yes. Can you be explosive on offense that way? Can you run the ball effectively in that grouping? Yes. And can you throw it in that? Yes. And we got to remember, Byron Leftwich doesn't need to do this for 18 weeks. He needs to have this package really good for like six weeks. 
And I think because of the offensive line, I'll go back to that, that I still think if he makes this really, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy, it's got to happen and it's got to happen fast and it's got to happen well. But if he, may, if he, he can get this transition made very quickly and build everything around those three tight ends, I still think if Fournette comes back healthy and they get healthy on the defensive side, this team can still make its way back to the NFC Championship game with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, yes. And Dan, I, I don't disagree. I think the, the key to this has been the continuity of the offensive line. And that was one of the keys last year, as we knew, as we've talked about multiple times this year, one of the keys for the Buccaneers last year was their uh, how few injuries they had last year on their Super Bowl run. This year, they're seeing injuries. They're seeing it in places... Um, I think it was a problem in the middle of the year when they they were having some issues with the offensive line and the absence of Gronkowski. But I agree with you. I think that there's there's a way that they can do this. I th- I was thinking that Leonard Fournette was going to be able to be back. The more we hear about this, it doesn't look very promising for playoff Lenny to be around. So now they're working with Ronald Jones and Kashawn Vaughn. The problem is they didn't even finish the game against the Jets. And to me... I think what's important here is what Dan said earlier. They don't need to do this for half a season or even a quarter of a season. What they have to be able to do this for is, you know, regardless of what happens this weekend in game 17, doesn't really matter. But what can Byron Lefwich, Tom Brady, and Bruce Arians put together for really a two to three game stretch? And that's what really matters. They're, it's two to th- you know three games. If they, depending on how you know whether they have the buy, whether they don't have the buy, but it's it's not something that's long term. But to me, the, I'm with Dan. This whole thing revolves around the offensive line and how they protect Tommy. The one thing that does concern me about the Buccaneers is the injuries on defense and who's coming back. When are they coming okay. back? And that will be the problem. They start playing. Other top-level offenses, you know, if they've got to play the, the the Packers, that might be a problem. Can I just ask you for one quick, before we wrap this break up, just to appease, like soothe my own pain from this past Sunday. One quick 30-second thought on Zach Wilson, what you yep. saw in that game against the Patriots. I mean, against Patriots. It's, there's my, like, time warp with Tom Brady again <laughs> taking over against the Bucs. And let it stop go. twitching. Stop twitching. Go. Stop twitching. <laughs> God, it's reflexive and it's killing me. Um... But maybe what you've seen out of him over the last six weeks, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's been, a, I think, since he came back from the injury, at least showing some promise. Yeah, I, I would say this. I thought the first week back from injury, I thought he was poor. And I was disappointed mainly in the, the fundamentals and mechanics. And I said this to you this week, Bob. I think if I was a Jets fan, the two things that I would absolutely love that's happened over the last four to five weeks for me Number one, Mike LaFleur has looked to have settled in to his creative ability as a play caller. Um, I think the screen game that he's developed, the motion game that he's developed, the horizontal game that he's developed has been really good. And Zach Wilson has started to show some of the talent. You know, some of the, you know, there, there's some throws in this past weekend that you go, yep, th- th- yep. That, that's why you went too, kid. And I think that I would be so encouraged Uh, certainly of the stuff on the field that has popped Bob, but I would be more encouraged to know even through some of the the challenges that have presented themselves this season, that this kid has just taken steps forward over the last four or five weeks that he has not crumbled, um, that he has not wilted under it. Cause I would say this, like 
I've been disappointed in regards to that with Trevor Lawrence, candidly. And and I don't like some of the stuff that I've seen on the field. And I think that he has allowed the off the field to impact the on the field. I don't believe that's happened with Zach Wilson. And I think that's a big encouragement. I don't disagree with any of that, Dan and Bob. Uh, It's funny, as I saw that Jets thing unfold, um, you know, being a former Patriots guy, I actually felt empathy towards you, Bob. You, uh, you individually. No, you did. I'm not there, Bob. Just so you know, <laughs> you did. I know you're not. Scott's lying too. No, no, no. I, I did. But yeah, you know, I think everything that Dan says is right on the money. Be encouraged, Jets fans, because what we're seeing. I think the other thing is this. You know, when when a guy like Zach, I talked about this at the beginning of the year. The worst thing that Zach had working against him was that silly workout and the throws that he made in the workout and the pro day because it gives these unrealistic expectations. I mean, yeah, that was a wow moment, and he's made some wow throws, but he needs to become a good, complete quarterback before we start worrying about the wow throws. That stuff will come. Just learn how to play the position in the NFL, get surrounded by good people in the NFL, and then that other stuff, hopefully, if he's brought brought along correctly, the other stuff will show itself in time when he has the opportunity. I thought one of the best plays he made in the game was a little floating six-yard screen with Vita Vea right in his face. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it, it was yeah. a fantastic quarterback, like sophisticated understanding the concept of the play, quarterbacking moment for him. Right. And uh, hopefully that shows further development. I agree. Hey, look, straight ahead. The Raiders stay alive with an impressive win over the Colts. What do we think both of these teams need heading into the last couple of weeks? We're going to talk about that. We come back on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs, 
Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, <laughs> hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Tapeheads. AFC playoff picture continues to take shape. Colts, Raiders. Two teams that are either just on the inside or just on the outside looking in. Well, it had a lot to do with what happened this past weekend. Here's Carr, takes a snap, sprints off to the right, fires on the run. Jackpot, baby! Touchdown, Raiders! Hunter Infro! All right, guys, let's talk about both of these teams. Let's talk about the team that right now is on the bubble, maybe just on the outside looking in, and that is the Raiders. What did you see this past week? If you're a Raider fan, it gives you confidence. They're going to get this thing done. Or are you thinking a Raider fan in Vegas is going to be at the slot machines in a couple of weeks disappointed? <laughs> well, I think, truthfully, I think they caught the Colts at a good time. The Colts had a bunch of guys that were on their COVID list. Obviously, Carson Wentz was one of those people that didn't practice all week. Kenny Moore was that same guy. And so I think they caught them at a, at a good time. I thought Hunter Renfro had one of his best games as uh, as a pro, and that says a lot because he's a phenomenal player. The Colts had absolutely no answer for him, absolutely no answer, and he absolutely wore out Kenny Moore, who, again, was sick all week but also is a pro bowler, and he's a phenomenal nickel cover guy. And um, the, the fact that Renfro kept winning, uh, it gives you a ton of confidence. Zay Jones steps up and makes a ton of big plays, Uh, And then Derek Carr timely, very much so timely in the second half. So I think that gives you confidence. I thought defensively their defensive line was outstanding. We give a lot of credit to Max Crosby and Ngakwe on the outside. I thought their tackles, and this is a Colts offensive line that's very good. I thought their defensive tackles were really, really good. The Colts really didn't run the ball that well. They had two or three like bigger runs, but not some, not a, on a consistent basis. So, so I think because of the clutch play of Derek Carr and the way my defensive line played, I feel relatively confident going into the Chargers game. Now the Chargers are, are getting, are getting right. It seems like, or are playing their best ball. So um, I, I was impressed by some of the clutch play by their quarterback and, and their two receivers. You know, guys, the, this weekend, this game in particular, um, made me think about how this I felt about this entire season. I'm going to throw a little something at you here. So do you remember, I'm an old school WWF guy. And do you guys remember Rowdy Roddy Piper? Hot Rod, Piper's Pit. Okay. Do you want a coconut? Do you want a coconut? (laughs) It's a big part of my youth. (laughs) This entire season, I think because of COVID, and again, this is the Raiders cultist weekend. And Hot Rod had this one line one time. He said, you know what? Just when you think you know the answer, I change the question. Woo! Okay, and that's what this, that's what this season is. I love it. That's what this season is. Every time we think we have a team nailed, whether it's the Chiefs, whether I, we could go all. Hey, week one, Miami beats the New England Patriots. They are going to the Super Bowl, baby. 
And it's happening every week. We're going to talk on Thursday about a couple of teams. I'm sure, you know, it's Jekyll, it's Hyde. But again, a lot of it has to do with exactly what Dan said, this COVID thing. It's not just when players are absent for games. It's the inconsistency that we're seeing in the locker room, in team meetings, and in practice. You know, guys are missing entire weeks of practice and in-person meetings, and then maybe they show up on Saturday or get cleared on Saturday or Sunday and and I'm sorry, there's very few players. This is a world-class sport with world-class athletes. And again, go back to it doesn't matter if you're a starter or a backup. You are a world-class athlete. And if But if you're not getting time and reps and preparation, there's going to be a ceiling unless you are one of the absolute rare ones or other people are covering for you in certain ways. It's so difficult. And I think, yeah, forgive me for this rant, but this is part of what really, it didn't, it surprised me, but then as games go on, it didn't surprise me. So um, I, I'm not ready to say, you know, either team is bad or either team is good. Both teams are going to be in the mix, I think. Well, the, the Colts finish at Jacksonville. Is it as simple as them going down there, getting right this week, maybe getting the COVID list back to where it ought to be, and Dan, they just go down there and give it to Jonathan Taylor and bulldoze those guys for 250 and get back to their identity, and now we're all going to be feeling differently about them? I mean, can, if they go down and just dominate the Jaguars, well, that's as bad as the Jaguars do. are, right, it, would that be enough to kind yeah, of flip the way we think about the Colts? I don't feel any differently about the Colts than I did Saturday. Okay. Right. The day before their game, I, I you know, like I I've, I don't feel any differently. Again, I think it was just one of those weeks, and 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 I thought the quarterback, you know, his play was a, kind of an outlier to what Dave's done this season. I thought his eyes were bad. So yeah, it is. Now, do I think it's simple? No. I, I mean, you guys both know this is the NFL, and I understand it's Jacksonville, and they've got two wins, and it's a fifteen point spread, and blah blah blah. You haven't won there in eight years, Indianapolis. Okay, you haven't won there in eight years. So. I believe in Frank Reich. I know he will have his team mentally ready, and I know the leaders of this team will be mentally ready. I think the simplistic philosophy is, yes, you go down there, you're super efficient on offense, you pound the heck out of the football, you catch the ones that Trevor Lawrence has been throwing to defenses, and you you bury this team early on. I think that's the thing. You do not allow this team to believe that they can hang in this football game. You bury them. They got to get it done, right? I mean, if, if, if they don't, then I don't want to watch them in the playoffs, and, and, and that's on me, you know? So I fully expect that to happen, though. Well, Scott is this good, by the way, at be, now being, like, not just a tape but also being, like, a, a podcast host because he unwittingly did the perfect promo for what we're going to do on Thursday, right? Like the Roddy, Roddy Piper. Just when you think you've got the answer, we change the question, right? I mean, think about the hey, teams Bob, that we're going to plan on. Yes, go ahead. Dan, it's what I do, baby. It's what I that's do. It. It, that is being, you're a pro's pro. Um, the first three teams we're going to talk about on Thursday, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Eagles. How many different times this season have our opinions possibly changed about those three teams? But those are going to be teams we're going to talk about when we come back on Thursday. Hit us up on social media. Are the Cardinals ready now to take that next step after that Cowboys victory? And are the Eagles now not just a playoff team, but a legit playoff threat? Those are things we're going to talk about when we come back with our next episode when it drops on Thursday. Thanks so much for being a tapehead. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.